This is the Prayer Culture Podcast, where we talk about building prayer into the lives of Bible-centric churches and individuals. I'm your host, Michael Green. I have a background in missions to the Islamic world, as well as being the founding member of Thuramor, a ministry that is dedicated to developing a deep culture of prayer within local churches and communities. My co-host, Patrick Rowe, is a board member of Thuramor, as well as being a longtime church planner in the greater Houston area and Thailand. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Prayer Culture Podcast. So today we're talking to the originators of The Citizen. I will say God's the originator, but um, he gave you guys the inspiration for it. So this is Than Owens. He's a good uh, longtime friend of mine and just really loves the Lord and uh, basically does whatever God tells him to do. So at least he seeks to do that on a daily basis. Yeah. (laughs) And Josh has been a worship leader in uh, multiple churches has been involved in a lot of stuff God's doing. And so uh, I know currently you guys do churches in college station, like house church stuff. And so the citizen, just a little bit of an intro and you guys can add to this, but the citizen is basically a holistic ministry for the community of Nacogdoches. Um, that's, I think, if I understand correctly, is designed to break spiritual bonds and physical bonds on people yeah. and bring them together. And so. financial. And financial bonds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be the holistic restoration of, of a human, basically as we submit to Jesus and as we continue to like walk as his followers, what does that look like? It looks like holistic restoration where every aspect of the human is changing. So we, we boil that down to three things. Um, the first one being spiritual. So what does that look like spiritually to be in submission to Jesus? And then second is like physical restoration because your, your body's actually the way that you take your will that has now been submitted to Jesus. And it's the way that you actually impact the world around you is through the physical. And then the financial is just the extension of that. So it's kind of like the three different major layers of what you are as a human and the way that you impact the world. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And we were joking a little bit today, but we'd say God, guts, and gold. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three things that we focus on. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me first what inspired this whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would love to tell you a little bit of the story. Uh, it kind of started with two stories and then as the two stories collided first, then and I, we've known each other for a really long time since like 2011, but I don't think the idea really came to, uh, Than or I until maybe you say 28, 17, mm, 2017, we've been kicking around something like 2014, 2014. 2014 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to where Than, uh, he he felt like he was supposed to have a, a home, and on the side of this home was supposed to be like a house of worship and prayer. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, "Well, that's a really uh, kind of bold idea. How does uh, you know Andresa like that idea? Does, how does your wife uh, yeah. think about having people coming in and doing worship and prayer services right next to your house? I can understand a little bit." You know, one day, you know, maybe another day, another week. Uh, But how do you do it and have that open all the time? And then at that time, I was developing and pouring into a worship ministry here in Nacogdoches. And I thought in my mind, hey, I could probably come and lead a few of those worship uh, and prayer times at your your house if that Mm -hmm. opens up. And so he was... 
um, you know, fun stories. We'd, we'd be, uh, just going and getting some lunch and he'd go, Oh, you want to go buy this new house that I saw? Let's go look at this house and see if this is a good house for us. Look at this. Let's go look at this property, this property. Like, look, we could, we could have our home could be right here. The worship and prayer room could be right here. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of a sketchy house. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to buy this. It's a little sketchy. And he's like, but I'm going to go try. I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to see if I can get, uh, get a loan for this house. And so that was happening. And as Dan was um, continuing just to kind of push forward, hear the voice of the Lord, test, you know, each door that was kind of in front of him, uh, the worship ministry that uh, uh, another worship pastor and I were developing was just was beginning to grow. And, and I was like, oh, man, this might actually like, you know, become something. We might actually have enough worship uh, pastors in our group to actually pull off a pretty, you know, I would say almost like a three to four time, uh, you know, days a week uh, type of a worship and prayer kind of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as those things kind of began to grow, uh, I was released from a church here. And uh, when I was released, uh, it did a lot of damage. But from that, we kind of stepped into, okay, well, without hurting anybody and splitting any uh, churches, can we actually bring these two uh, ideas together and begin to kind of create the citizen worship night where we have a bunch of people here from the community who can come in and can find healing and can worship and meet with the Lord uh, and uh, come from different different churches and then have enough people to come and to lead those worship and prayer times. And so that's kind of how the story of the citizen came to be. Yeah, and, and for my, I guess my version, of that story is a little bit that I had been, so I graduated um, college in 2015 and I was working with, in one of the departments and they started doing this livability study. I I did not want to continue living in Nacogdoches at the time. I had, um, and I don't live here now actually, which is kind of funny, but they were doing this livability study and just the amount of poverty and the amount of like brokenness and all these different things. Just, I was like seeing the numbers and I was just like, wow, what is this? And so I was praying about it. I was talking to the Lord about it. And he just started to, over a series of, I guess, three or four months, he just kind of started painting this picture as I was kind of leading up toward graduation of what it looks like for like holistic restoration. And he started telling me like, I want to focus on worship. Like that's the thing. And then from that, there's these other pieces that will follow, but everyone wants to focus on the financial. Like, like that's the way that most people, whenever you're trying to fix something, like people come in and they try and fix the financial things, mm-hmm. not focusing on me because I'm actually the source of all life. And I started to realize like in East Texas, and, and I've known this because I grew up in East Texas, one of the things that you start to see is that there's a lot, there's so many different churches, but they aren't working together. And so one of the reasons why Josh and I, like one of the things we were talking about, what Josh, I think kind of, kind of alluded to is he had worship leaders from, I think probably what, like 10 different churches that were all gathering together <laughs> once a week and we're talking about how do we lead worship together? And so there was like already kind of this unity thing. And so as we were moving forward, that became kind of the idea of like, hey, could we get all these people together? Could we could we bring from across a city, an entire city, different worship leaders together? Because they're all, they all have a heart for the same thing, which is to draw us closer to the Lord and to create space for that. Not saying that pastors don't, but there's just a little bit different viewpoint that they're coming at. So the pastor is usually looking at after the church that they're over, whereas the worship leader is looking at 
how do I get these people an opp- and give these people an opportunity to actually worship? Right. Yeah. Right. To use their talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got a little lost on one part. So you were saying that focusing, I think it was, you were saying focusing on the Lord as opposed to money is kind of the mm-hmm. primary first thing. So, so do you feel like prayer is kind of the baseline part and then it grows from there? Is that how you kind of think of it? Or I, I don't know, how, how do you kind of think of that? Playing yeah. out with prayer in terms of where does that fall in the spectrum? Yeah, so uh, so I would say this, that we actually went through, and when we were trying to come up with this idea, we actually came up with kind of a definition of what we meant whenever we talked about worship. And what we came up with is that for us, for like when we're talking about worship, it means that it is a response. Worship is a response that results in a lifestyle of humble devotion to Jesus and requires walking in grace and encouraging others to walk in their giftings. In worship, we are joining into the song of creation. And I think prayer is a piece of worship. It's part of that connection piece where we are talking to God. And it's really not that complicated. Like we like to overcomplicate it, but it's just we're, we're talking to him. And then I think one of the things that gets missed out on is that he actually talks to us too. <laughs> and he actually, right. he, it's, it's a conversation back and forth. And sometimes he does that through scripture. And then sometimes he does that through through thoughts and he gives us thoughts and he actually speaks to us. And I would say that that probably happens a lot more than we think it does. Um, In my personal experience, I found that to be true, that he does that a lot more than I thought that he did. Um, And so I think as you're developing that relationship, it's the same as any other sort of relationship. Like part of the worship is prayer. Yeah. It's part of that lifestyle where you're actually engaging with God in what it is that he's wanting to do. Yeah. Cause musical worship and prayer are distinctly from other forms of worship are communicating like not just things about God, but also to God. So mm-hmm. unlike other forms of worship. So yeah, totally. Absolutely. So Josh, can you tell me about how you got all these people from different denominational affiliations and thought processes together to pray? Dude, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, It all starts with a meal, an invitation to come to your home, to sit at your table and to share a meal with you. And so we would ever so slowly, we would invite musician after musician, worship pastor after worship pastor, just to our home to come sit down, be real, uh, open up, share whatever they're wrestling with, whatever's going on uh, in their life in that season. And then my wife and I, we would pour into them, love on them, pray for them. And then we'd just say, hey, keep coming back to this table because we're going to keep inviting more worship pastors, more musicians to this table. And we want this to be a place where we can come and be real um, and pray for one another and know that we don't have to all go to the same church. We can go to different churches and we can be friends and we can pour into one another and we can share our musicians and not be all, you know, jealous about it. (laughs) But truly it all started with a meal, opening up the home, which is kind of the first thing that is called of uh, men who want to, you know, be leaders in the church and be leaders in the body, right? Is to open up your home. And so that's where it starts opening up your home. That's good. And I just want to say, Josh has done that super well. Like um, I've seen that played out in so many different ways. And I would say that was one of those groups where I didn't always go to it because I wasn't a worship leader and I was in a part of other small groups, but you would go in and you would, you would walk into the room and there would just be 30 people in this room, 
all of them from different churches, like just worship leaders. So you'd have drummers and you'd have guitar players. And I mean, just bunches of people who are just hanging out. And, mm-hmm. and that, that cultivates this community where you're able to have conversations about that and you're able to kind of release things and then, and then grow. And so that, that's really where the heart of it came from is like, hey, there's something good here. How do we continue to push into that? Yeah, and you built trust uh, and then people felt you know, completely open to share whatever was going on mm-hmm. in their life. Oh, and then before I forget, uh, if anybody out there thinks, oh, I can't do that. My home's too small. I can't invite that many people over to my house. My house was under construction (laughs) for the longest time. And so um, the cool part about this story is this wasn't like me inviting someone into a perfectly perfectly put together home. We had like a table very much so like this that had a crock pot and a microwave on it and a little and a hot plate. And And if you ran two things at the same time, it'd blow the breaker. And so you weren't able to, and you know, and so you had to kind of, you know, uh, really work through your recipes and what you're making. And we're like, don't worry. All of us will be fed through this crock pot. We promise. And so everybody, um, like we were literally, it was just wood floor, undone ceiling drywall i think i had a uh fan may, may have came over a couple of times I, ha- I had a an electrical cord that just came down to a light switch like it wasn't a, it wasn't connected to anything it was just dangling <laughs> and that was the light switch to you know the actual lights in the kitchen area and i, I was just like come come to my home <laughs> Let's let's talk. Let's eat together. Come enjoy so, so the yeah. If you, if you have if you have a table and five or six chairs and you have drywall up and a nice chandelier, you can start to invite people. Or an RV, you know, like whatever. Like just yeah. do or it if outside. You're in an RV. <laughs> you just have them come over. It can be done. It just it starts with opening up the table and placing food down and eating and just talking and yeah. then being intentional in that time to pray for that is so the people good. there. Yeah. That is so good. I, I, I had that experience when I was in Africa, it was real hard to invite people in because it was really dangerous to do that. God was like, Nope, you're going to live on the Islamic side of town and you're going to invite people into your home. I'm like, okay. And what ended up happening was all the other missionaries ended up getting robbed and we really didn't because <laughs> yeah. We, you know, and I have my neighbors like, why are you letting all these gangsters in your house? I'm like, what better way but to share Jesus with them? And so, and we had a meal, we'd have a meal every week and they would come in and talk about the Bible and the Quran and it was really great. So, and then this, this, this last year I had started the two or more prayer ministry and I live in like a 900 square foot house. So it's pretty small, but I have this little porch in the front that's screened in and the Lord's like, make that a prayer porch. People should be able to come there and worship and pray anytime. I'm like, oh, all right. It's a very small porch, but man, it's people have come and just really soaked in it. And like this, they're like, oh, I love this spot. This is great. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, like whatever's going on, just, you don't have to have it all together. God will do that part. So (laughs) that's awesome. So one thing I noticed, like when I came here and we did a prayer meeting here, I talked to a bunch of different people and they were from like a bunch of different places and stuff. How did you transition? You were like in the home, you had some worship leaders. Now you're here. Well, first tell me the story of the building, how you got the building and then how you kind of transitioned people, even people who are not worship leaders to kind of say, Hey, we're all going to come together to this building and do this. So, 
Um, you can talk about the cool part start? of the building. Yeah. Okay, you want me to do that? Okay. So basically, ever since the Lord put that on my heart, I kept the idea of doing like worship and having like this kind of community center. So, so to kind of take a step back, um, the citizen is, like I said, it's about empowering people to live like that. That's what it's about, like holistic empowerment. And so worship is the first part. The second part that we're moving towards and trying to get into is, is physical. And so like, what does that look like to live like a healthy life to actually take care of the body that God gave you? And then we want to do financial things too. So we were looking for a space where we could do that. And, um, and we were cool with it just being one thing. Yeah. But we just, we were so happened to be blessed with a building that could do all three. That could do all three things. So while I was in the process of praying through all that, I actually forgot this until about a year ago. Um, and I was talking to a friend, but I, I kept getting this sense that we were supposed to buy a building for $10,000. And so I told several people. Um, Did anybody laugh? Um, people were like, okay, that's usually the way this works with me. People are like, sure, Than. Sure they don't say that. They're just like, whatever. Uh-huh. Right. Come yeah, on. Okay. And because, and, and to like what Josh was saying, like I was going around and I was looking for dumpy places. I was looking for like places that was like, well, I can make this work. I could offer $10,000 and this person might take it. He's been on the market for a year, whatever. And um, with that being said, these were all pretty bad. And I made several offers and I got laughed at by basically by these real estate agents who were just like, there's no way they're selling you this for $10,000. But that is just the number that I kept coming to. And so I wanted it to be $1. Josh wanted it to be $1. <laughs> After all, yeah, he, he was like, we should offer a dollar. I was like, that's insulting, Josh, $1. Um, but so anyway, basically what ended up happening is there's this building right here. This is, um, this is the citizen. It's a 4,000 square foot building. It has its own parking lot. It's got 34 parking spots. It's in downtown Nacogdoches. And um, it had been on the market for a long time. But the reason it was on the market was because it had an environmental issue. It used to be a dry cleaner. And so because of that dry cleaning, basically no one wanted it because of the liabilities and, and stuff. And so um, we were praying about it and we, we found an avenue to where we could get it cleaned up. And so we went in and um, the building, like I said, is worth probably about $400,000 in like top shape. Um, at least it was at that point. It's probably worth more than that now. Um, and we went in and we actually had $500 in our bank account. That's all we had had because Josh had been um, let go from that church. And we just had kind of lost like some of our support system that we were kind of depending on or we had thought we would be depending on. Yeah. And we didn't want to go and run a building campaign campaign mm -hmm. or ask people for money because they were all still going to the church that I was let go from. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, we're not going to take from their money. Yep. We're not going to try to, you know, split a church. Yeah. And so and, we said, let's just move forward mm -hmm. and see what the Lord's going to do. And see what do. the Lord does. And, and for us, it was really intentional too, in that we didn't want to, it was kind of a test for us too, is like, if you wanted this to be the building that we get, then you, you're going to have to take care of it. So what we did is we went and we offered, we said, we're talking to our realtor and we're like, hey, we want to offer $10,000. And he was like, okay. Um, I don't think they're going to take that. I was like, well, that's about all we can do. <laughs> He's like, okay, it doesn't hurt to ask, you know, but I'll, I'll talk to them so that they don't get offended, you know, at you or whatever. And uh, we waited like four or five weeks. And, um, and we thought, no, and we thought, they didn't no, do it. They, they didn't take it. Like they were offended. And then I asked him to reach out again and they, he reached out and they had forgotten to hit send on the email and they had accepted it at $10,000. And um, 
was like, oh. And they were just like, can you cover like the closing fees? I was like, yes, we can do that. And so we ended up taking it off their hands. And for them, it was actually a really great deal because, and, and I think this is one of the reasons, one of the things also was we wanted to go ahead and start working on cleaning it up. No one else is cleaning it up right now. And then uh, it used to be a dry cleaner and they used to apparently like put chemicals outside and it seeped through the water. It's sitting on top of the water table. And so we wanted to get that cleaned up. But also we were able to relieve the pressure for somebody else who this was like a weighty issue for them. Like they yeah. never be able to get rid of it. And so it was like, we'll take that on because our God's big. But keep in mind, we only had $500 in our bank account and we felt like we weren't supposed to do fundraising because of the church thing, but also because it's like, well, Lord, if you want this, you're going to have to make it evident. And um, as we went along, there were like some taxes that had to be paid. So the number actually kept going up from $10,000. $10,000 was what we originally offered. And then the number kept kind of going up. Well, we didn't have the money. Like anytime, we almost closed five times. No money. No money. <laughs> Each time we had no money. Like we, we did not have the money for it. And then like right before the last closing, we got a couple people who just kind of out of the blue donated enough money for us to have money. And then our attorney came back and said, Hey, actually I need to add my fees in. I forgot to do that. And this was like the day before closing. Oh man. And so it ended up putting us up above what we could pay. And we were like, do we, do we try and force it? What do we do? And both of us felt like we're just going to take a step back. If this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And we, we'd actually, this has taken like a year to get to this point from the time that we made the initial wow. offer all the way through. And, um, so we got to that point, they called, the realtor called us and said, hey, actually, they, they messed up on the paperwork. They're going to have to delay it. So we had like an extended closing again. And then somebody called and was like, hey, how are things going with your funding? And we were like, well, this is where we are. And they said, I'll cover that. The next, I think it was that same day, we got a call back from the realtor. He said, everything's good to go. Y'all good? And so we had, we had literally had the money the day we had to close, like the day before we closed. Wow. Yeah. And it so, was like 14,500, something like yeah. that. Yeah. That's crazy. And so that's, that's just kind of how it happened. And um, so we ended up getting this building and um, it's been slow. Um, we still are trying to not do like massive fundraising because we really want for Yahweh to be glorified. We want our father to be glorified. Yeah. And, and in between that time and where we are now, we've had uh, people give us stuff. We've had uh, churches who, that were peacefully kind of dissolving and going their own ways. They gave us all their stuff. So we were able to put on you know, little garage sales and, you know, sell things that they gave us. And, mm -hmm. and all that money has helped kind of provi provide all the way yep. up until now. That's happened. We have sound equipment and all kinds of stuff that we didn't purchase yeah. That was all given to us. Touchscreen TVs, yeah, chairs. So this table, yeah. Like <laughs> basically, we we got all of this stuff, and it just like the Lord just provided for us. And so the last two years, honestly, have been pretty rough because we still like we have people who are donating, but it's just we've been waiting on the Lord to provide, and that's that's really a hard place to be. Waiting on the Lord is not easy, but it's definitely worth it. And a lot of people will try and tell you ways that you should do things. And I think that's partially like the relationship aspect that, I'm, that we were talking about earlier is like part of the worship is that you actually get to know your father 
you actually get to know who he is and you get to know his character and you hear his voice. And then when he tells you something and you're like walking with him, like you just, you're walking with him yeah. and you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. I feel like it's been like a little bit of a wrestle within the relationship. You know, what, what is, what's supposed to happen in this season? Are we supposed to push? Are we supposed to wait? Like, what do you, what do you want us to do? And so it's kind of been just an, an interesting dance the mm-hmm. whole way. And we've seen, you know, times where Than will push forward and then it comes to an, and then I push forward and I get to go a little bit further and then I come, I get, to, I get stopped and then Than comes back in and he pushes a little bit more mm-hmm. forward and he gets put to the stop. And yep. It's been very, uh, I don't know if enlightening is the right word, but, uh, just revealing of who the father is and mm-hmm. how he likes to operate and how he's going to operate around this building and, you know, the things that he's doing here in this town. Yeah. So. And I mean, part of that story is also like right after we bought the building, Josh moved like two weeks after. Come on, bu- Josh. He, Come moved on, to, <laughs> he moved to Brian I, I for know. a job. Then, then like, I guess within a year, um, our other board member, he moved to Brian Mm-hmm. And then I just moved to Brian. Like, yeah, this, so we don't even live here. Well, none of us live here. <laughs> um, but part of the thing, so so The Citizen is not just about Nacogdoches. It's actually about East Texas, and it's about, like, Texas as a whole. There have been a lot of, depending on who the audience is for this, just letting you know, like, I believe prophecy happens. There's, there's like, prophes- there's been prophetic words about Nacogdoches that, um, they're from very, lots of sources about like God's going to do something here and it's going to spread. There are things that are unlocking that I think have potential to make huge differences in the spiritual realm. I don't know how else to say it than that, but our entire goal is not just Nacogdoches, but like holistic empowerment of people like all along Highway 21, which is called the King's Highway. And um, it's El Camino Real. And so... Yeah. And as things happen in the spiritual, then they will begin to change in the physical. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you guys for coming on. That was just really enlightening. Um, man, we're going to be praying into the citizen just that God would bless you guys and provide uh, so that you can bless others spiritually and physically. And yeah, I've just, I've loved my time with y'all and I've really enjoyed the last time we did a prayer meeting here. It was really great. Come so. on. Oh, and just before we close, uh, the way how you get many people in the door, yeah. different people in the door is you just keep it about Jesus and you just keep it about talking to him and being in a relationship with him. And so when people come here, they know we're not bringing denominational things in the door. We're just simply coming here as one body loving Jesus, worshiping the Lord, and then asking him for the things that we need. Yeah. And so that's how you keep it. Um, you know, yeah, that's uh, that's Ephesians, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one body, one spirit. It's, it's simple. Yeah. And if you can keep that kind of simple rule, and then anybody can come. Yeah. Young, old. Yeah, if the fear is not there. If, mm-hmm. if, if people can say, okay, like God is not a God of fear. I'm not going to be afraid of being led astray or whatever, but like, Hey, we're just going to come pray together. And if I have the spirit of God in me, I'm going to have discernment if something's going awry. So I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to come with other believers and we're going to pray and Mm -hmm. God's going to do stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, And one of the things too, is like for our worship nights, we have really intentionally tried to 
not have it be like one person. So Josh doesn't lead every time. We try and actually rotate through so that it's not about us. Yeah. Like that's the whole point. It's not about us. That's why it's called the citizen is that it's not, it's not about us. It's about, it's about him and it's about others. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Come on. And oh, if you do want to partner with us and help uh, solve this chemical bubble underneath uh, our property, you can go to the citizenact.com slash partner with us. And you can help us. The uh, citizenag.com. Yep. That's, uh, that's included in the description of this episode. Come so. on. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for the podcast, and we'll see you next time.